Welcome to another edition of the Toy Lions Podcast. With me, as always, Ian Westhoff. I'm Tom Romero. How we doing, Ian? Uh, hanging in here, Tom. How about you? Tired. Tired. Very, yes. very tired. Yes. Rough week for, for the working man. Very rough. I don't know about that John Lennon and working class hero stuff. Tell me when we become the hero, because I'm working. I'm a class, but I ain't no hero. Today's episode of the Toy Lines podcast is brought to you by the South Lake Tahoe Brewing Company with their latest creation, the Shell Shaka. Enjoy a smooth IPA with your favorite pizza, only from the South Lake Tahoe Brewing Company. You sold out, Ian. <laughs> we, we we lasted as long as we could, 12 episodes. Yeah. Sooner or later, you got to start doing it. <laughs> Saw a class action park from HBO Max. Insane. Yes. So flat out insane. And, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up, people, is because Ian and I are from New Jersey. Yes. Um, if you're a New Jersey listener, you've, if you're 45 or older, or you already know, you know, you know the name of the park, Action Park, the place of legend. It is. Not legend because it's haunted. It wasn't built on a burial ground. It is the most dangerous theme park. Or not theme park, but park you could go to that had the worst safety measure, if there were any. Um, you'd see the commercials on TV. And I remember like wanting to go. I never went. And anybody who... There are literally threads online where you could read about people who people who went and what they went through and when they look back on it um, they bear the scars physically from that place the documentary was incredible i was so naive my parents and i we had no idea i i remember going there as a child and just trying to look at all the you know or participate in all the rides and stuff i even went there twice i went back as a as a teenager to go bungee jumping and it, actually that's even worse when you went back as a teenager because now you're you know, no adult supervision, you know, you're on your oh, own. Yeah. So it's like, but, um, you know, the thing was that the commercials made it looks that, you know, they were professionally filmed. You say, I think they were, you could look them up online on YouTube and they, um, they showed these different things. It was like these little sleds and it was like on this, um, concrete, like, a um, what would you call it, Tom? Like that concrete little, uh, pathway, You'd go down a hill on, and um, it was like a and you know, they oh, the show, alpine ride, the alpine ride, right? And they show like swinging off a rope into the water, um, and then the water park with the wave pool. But the thing was, there's all these little things like the Tarzan swing, like you were talking about just before we recorded. This was um, in the mountains in New Jersey, so uh, it's not like where Jotunheim, where the frost giants live, but. That was mountain waters. So that was ice cold water. So when people went into the water, they went into shock for the most part. Uh, there was drinking not only allowed on property. So you go there, the adults are drinking. Most likely there was underage drinking. Most likely the employees might have been drinking for all we know. It was. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, this, the documentary opens up everything. Yeah. The, the, you know, teenage sex, the shack. The parties. Who knew this was happening? I mean, I don't know if this was a big secret. I mean, my 
my parents, I mean, my mother was so overprotective. I'm surprised we, we actually went there. Yeah. And you know, it's uh little by little that it came out. I remember um, a couple of years ago, we were in New Jersey, uh, covered it. It's, uh, for those of you, you guys got to know by now, our listeners, but for whoever doesn't know, we're New Jersey is a magazine dedicated to the state of New Jersey covering anything weird. And apparently we're like the weird capital because it seems twice a month, this excuse me, twice a year, this magazine comes out and there is some stuff in this state I never knew of. And they covered that park uh, about some of the injuries and you know i think people wrote letters in and uh bit by bit it was getting um the, the secrets were coming out and like once the secrets came out it was like the floodgates it's uh for those of you out of state who who never heard of this place just watch the documentary because you're going to be like you're, you're you're, probably, you will be in shock you're probably going to be like what the hell like, uh, how is this legal? How is this possible? And one of the things we were talking about, there was this, um, a slide and it, it was like a, had a, a loop in it, like a loop-de-loop kind of thing. And it wasn't, no, so like in Disney World, for instance, they have uh, what they call Imagineers. And these are people who are engineers and they create the rides. And there's obviously many things that go involved, such as physics and uh, math and, you know, not, not drinking and when they created this slide in Action Park, this uh, this loop slide, it's an, it's an enclosed slide. You would go down, and then you were you would go upside down in the slide and create a, like a like a loop. Nobody ever built up enough speed to make that loop. And Tom, as we were saying, um, people got stuck. They would, it was a metal slide. They would actually have to take uh, the top part where people got stuck out, and there was teeth stuck in the metal and and uh, just think about that for a moment teeth in metal good lord <laughs> i mean the stuff this guy got away with though the for owner years, yeah for years he created his own insurance company just to insure the park there's so many deaths so many stories i mean families are going there i mean we went as a family there because we thought it was safe but Here's here's what I'm thinking now. Now that I put two and two together, I'm thinking people see Great Adventure, right? Which is also in New Jersey, Six Flags. Six Flags, right? They probably thought, well, Six Flags is legitimate. Maybe this place in Vernon is legitimate as well. Right. That's a good point. And the only issue Six Flags ever had was there's um, the fire. They had a fire. They had a haunted mansion or a haunted house setting, and there, unfortunately, there was a fire and. Right, and they closed for weeks after the fire. Uh, yeah, people died in it, and um, that was but that was not a action park kind of thing. Something actually happened. Something went wrong, and right. you know, and they, to to my knowledge, they never rebuilt that. And it, it wasn't because of poor building or anything like that. You know, that was a, a tragedy. The thing about action park is you either walked away, you came out of that place in three ways, dismembered because many people broke bones or lost, you know, scraped skin off or God knows what else. Unfortunately, it's it's sad to say so many people died there, which is actually sad that there's a count. I mean, it should should be none. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, one is too many. I mean, it, it, it does happen in, in theme parks, uh, without a doubt, you know. Uh, and it's just, you know, for certain things, health issues and things like that. But this wasn't due to health issues. This was due to poor it was a daily occurrence i mean it it was insane there's a 
spoilers, there's a scene where they're interviewing one of the teenagers that work there. She said that, all right, so if you haven't been there, one of the main attractions at Action Park was a wave pool. You know, everybody would be in it and just create waves. You know, you'd go up and down. Apparently, they called it the death pool because so many people drowned. There were so many people in the wave pool that they were trampling on top of each other. Oh, God. Now, I remembered this because I was in the wave pool. And every so often, they would stop the, the waves uh, for something like 10 minutes at a time or something. The reason why they stopped the waves is to sweep underneath the floor to check for dead bodies. Jeez. How crazy is that? So wait, little kids are going into this thing. So the, the wave pool is just like a giant pool, and at the end was whatever. It was like, like a fan or something. The yeah. that made the waves. Right. So you say when they sweep, what do they like? Send people to swim? Basically, no they they basically get everybody out of the pool and they, okay, they okay. sweep the pool. Jeez. How insane is that? They're checking for bodies daily, and it's just like. Well, no, nobody back in the pool. Um, that's crazy. It, it's insane. I the stuff this guy got away with, and I'll be honest with you, the town was in it. Yeah, Vernon was a part of this. There was a reporter they interviewed, slightly touching upon. Yeah, Vernon knew about it, and Vernon was okay with it because it created jobs. Money. Yeah, created of course, jobs, taxes. jobs, taxes. You know, when people come to visit. Um, sure, bringing in revenue from, you know, outside. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Maybe people I mean, come in from out of state, maybe close by. It it was so. just insane. And like I said, we were we were in North, North Jersey. It was a great, it, it was a well-kept secret because we yeah. had, I I had no idea how bad it was until, until this documentary came out. Which is like, what, well, you watched it yesterday? The other day, yeah, on so, HBO Max. So we're talking about life. maybe a week. Yeah. You live most of your life not realizing it. And uh, I have read things um, a couple of years ago. I haven't seen a doc documentary, but like from, just from what I've read, it's like, damn, I I can't imagine it. Um, I'll never forget the the longest three minutes of my young life. I wanted to go on the, the Tarzan swing that the one you just mentioned, right? Which so, is uh, to, to explain the setup. It was like, uh, it was all rocks, wasn't it? It was like, like, like it was rocks, right? There was a pond down and, and, you know, at the end, and then you would swing on, on like this triangle shaped, like swing. Right. And, and you would just let go and, and dive right in. It was a drop. Right. Like how exactly. it was a pretty big drop too. Yeah. The American so, commercial, it wasn't like, you know, a couple of feet. It, right. was, it, was, it was a drop. Right. So I remember being 11 or 12. And like I said, I, I had cautious parents. So my mom's like, all right, your father's going to go first. So my dad's like, yeah, I don't care. So he, you know, he does it. We see him swing off and, and dive right into the water. Ian, listeners, longest three minutes of my life. I figured it was just like a pool. You know, he, he'd reach all the way down, and then, you know, he'd reach the bottom, push himself back up, and right. then swim out. I started, uh, we were all sitting there just waiting. We're like, where is he? Where is he? I, I kept talking to my mom. I was like, where is he, mom? Where is he? Why isn't he back up? Why isn't he back up? 
And then, thank God, finally his head popped up. He swims out, walks back to us, looks at my mother, and flat out just said, he's not going on this. No way. And it's weird is that, like we said before, the water is mountain water, so it's ice cold. And it just makes me think, like, I don't think they treated it chemically, like, chlorine-wise. So, yeah, why would they? So, like, how what was in that water? Like, was there parasites or just debris as well? Well, they mentioned in the documentary the go-karts because it, it was around, like, a rural area. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was, yeah. So they would see snakes pop in. In the water? Uh, in the water, oh. on the, the oh, cart, no. the go-kart. <laughs> I mean, it, it was incredible. It was such an eye-opener. And back then, it was, like more rural i can never say that word than you would consider today considering that where i where we grew up tom where i am now we are getting deer more and more by us and as a kid that never happened i never saw a deer in our like by the mall or something oh, of course not. We, for where we grew up you'd have to go to pennsylvania to see yeah deer. and now there is so much uh land being taken away that you are seeing wild turkeys and um, sometimes bears and, and, and deer and, you know, these fox. There's a lot of fox around here. Um, it's just it's wild to think you were lucky if you saw a rabbit when you were a kid or well, not really lucky if you saw a skunk, but you know, we didn't have wild you know, this kind of so yeah, so that was a very uh, rural place and, and to this day, even though I guess it still kind of is, but it's back then more so so happy 37th anniversary to the greatest cartoon ever he-man and the masters of the universe that show premiered back in 1983 in america on september 5th and then a few years later the cape crusader batman himself the animated series by paul dini and bruce tim also premiered on september 5th on fox 5 same day that's cool and since we're mentioning He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, fans, listeners, you can pick up Pixel Dan's book of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe right now at toyguide.thepower-con.com. For $90, not only will you get Pixel Dan's book, but you will also receive the second part to the Masters of the Universe Compendium series. So do yourself a favor. If you love toys... Head over to toyguidethepowercon.com. Pick yourself up a copy of Pixel Dan's book. And if you're not even interested in the compendium, you can pick up his book at amazon.com. Judge Dredd was trending this week on Twitter, so much so that Carl Urban from The Boys... And The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams, or the Kelvin series who played Judge Dredd in the best Judge Dredd movie ever, wants to do a TV show of the character. Urban wants to do it? He does. Awesome. Now, here, here's why I love Carl Urban so much. He was the only... I mean, granted, there was only been two, Sylvester Stallone and Carl Urban. But part of what makes Judge Dredd so great, he never removes his helmet. The whole movie, Carl Urban did not take off his helmet. He played that character 
I mean, he was Judge Dredd, in my opinion. It's the greatest Judge Dredd movie ever. Says Cole that he he's he's not an actor who's like, no, I, I need my face. That's like Batman not having a mask on, you know, for the whole movie. Just just exactly. suit on, but with no mask. You know, like he's exactly. just like well, I mean, most of the Sylvester Stallone movie was him without the helmet. If you're a hardcore Judge Dredd fan, probably think it stinks now. But I have so much respect for Carl Urban just because he is an actor's actor. He played that part yeah. to it. Yeah. He's great, too. Like, when he was in uh, Lord of the Rings, he was just, that's the first time I saw him in a movie. He was excellent. Just great in that movie. So uh, his first appearance is in The Two Towers. Um, yeah, he's great. That's cool that he would do, he would do a show. He's a... Uh, well, he's on the boys right now. Yeah, so he's 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 probably going to become more in demand as uh only as the years go on, um, because of things like that. So good for him. Yeah, well, and I would love to see a Judge Dredd TV show. I mean, if they can if they can sequelize that movie, even on even on a TV screen, I'm all for it. But would they be able to make a series out of it? Would they? I assume it's violent. Would they be able to, to the you know what the character is, or what, do you think it would like kind of lose some of it if it went to a TV I'm show? Thinking about it depends on where it winds up. Like yeah, Netflix, streaming, I, right? Amazon, I think they would keep the violence. Netflix, who knows? I mean, yeah, Netflix does some violent, has violence in some of their shows. Um, but yeah, the movie was very violent. I mean, so much so. All right, so there's a scene, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but if you haven't, go see it. There's a scene at the end where Judge Dredd throws the criminal through a pane of glass, glass shattering, and there's a drug involved where it slows down time. So here, here's the sick and twisted version of me. I thought that was such a cool scene. I looked over to, to my friend, and I was like, I have to make a snow globe out of this. <laughs> Just of Judge Dredd in the middle, like with his hand out, throwing the, the criminal. And then if you shake it, you see all the glass all over the place. Floating around with some blood Floating, in it. Yeah, th- exactly. I remember Fargo did the same thing. With oh, the I remember that. Guy. Yes, when the movie came out. Um, yes. They they came out with a snow globe of the wood chipper. In video store, and we had a a section dedicated to widescreen. And some of these widescreens would come with snow globes, and Fargo was one of them. And I remember that the the it was like two guys, the wood chipper, and some of it was like red snow to represent the blood. And uh, I haven't thought of that in years. Oh yeah, I love that. And Fargo was a great movie. Yeah, didn't they make a show out of that? They did, and the show was even excellent too. Happy fifty four days and counting. So the Mandalorian season two hits. I'll be honest with you. I think it might be the only brand new show we get for the fall. With COVID shutting everything down, it's this and cartoons. I hope it's as good as season one. And that is a huge thing to live up to. Well, we also have to, there's the mystery of baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ahsoka Tano is going to be in it. So that, that right there is price of admission. And I don't think it's going to happen because they're too smart. They're not gonna like milk it with the baby Yoda. I mean, they might do it with the merchandise, but they're gonna—they're not gonna play him up more now. Of course, he's so popular. The a show where this side character who's only supposed to be in it for one episode suddenly becomes like the show, like Urkel from um, was that Family Mat Family Matters? Yeah, he was supposed to be like a, a one-time character, and um, 
you know, next thing you know, he's he is the show. So I love Baby Yoda. Don't get me wrong. He's he's freaking cute. I I want to know what the deal with him is. I want to, but you know, I want to see the Mandalorian in action. I want to see where this goes, and I hope they they give us as um interesting a, a season as it did in the first one. Because I think every episode of that first season was just as good as the last. I don't think there was really one that was not good. The new logo for the show was cool. It's got him walking with the sun, like the sun in the horizon. With, and he's got Baby Yoda with him. So um, it's, it looks, I mean, we haven't seen any commercial pictures, but it looks, logo-wise, it looks cool. And uh, can't wait. Yeah, it's October 30th. October 30th, yep. On Disney uh, Plus. Yeah, I might, I might have to watch the first season again just to, like, go, you know, kind of prepare. I, I love the fact that they were released weekly. You were See, in- it still bugs me. I'm still in the middle of it because Amazon just started doing that with the boys. They gave us three episodes of season two, and then the I guess another three are going to drop this Friday. Okay, so yeah, three at a time is kind of weird. Kind of, yeah, kind of bugs me. It's like the, oh, the oh, first three oh, of no. the boys, it was okay. Didn't really hit its stride until the third episode. The first two episodes were kind of... Eh. I mean, it was basically a bunch of scenes with characters that you're basically just looking in on. The Homelander has his own subplot going on right now. Stormfront is introduced, but it's kind of like a weird introduction. You know what it is? If, if you're going to... The streaming service is, is cool because you get the whole series. So, like, Stranger Things... The first season came out. You got to watch from episode one to the last episode. If you picked up on it later on, like I did, um, I got into it after season two. I was able to watch both seasons back to back and then catch season three. So I was like fresh and ready. And whenever season four comes out, I'll watch the first three seasons. For the most part, Netflix, when they have a show, it's, you know, the whole season. And that's cool. But then it's like, okay, what do I do now? Because you finished it. I love, and I, I think The Mandalorian is really the only show or Disney Plus is that it's the only one I don't mind them doing it this way. Because it, it makes me, not that I wouldn't tune in again. I, I, I would. But it's just like, I can't wait. And you, and you think about it all week and you're like, you know, when you, when you first see Baby Yoda, you're like, is that a clone of Yoda? You know, what? what we don't even know what kind of alien species this is. You know, there's so much to learn from it. You know, what what was like, what, what was his name? You know, like, what's the deal with Mandalorians? And there was so much cool stuff. Um, so uh, I like the weekly version for that. Um, other things, though, I think I would want to have it all out at once and then watch a couple a night or one a night. But, you know, it, it, it's really a, a personal thing, I think. Some people like it, some people don't. Whatever your choice is, I guess. Yeah, like I said, I'm on the fence with it. I enjoy the binging. Mm-hmm. Like, you can get a whole season, you know, right now. Well, and me- then, I guess, certain shows I could wait for. Like like you said, like, like a Stranger Things, I could wait a week for a new episode. I think with Stranger Things, that week would drive me crazy. You know, I would... Because uh, I like going in having just seen it the episode before and you know what's it's fresh in your mind netflix has some really great documentaries out 
And when they do, they're usually more than one episode. I like the fact that with the documentaries, you can watch them all at once, or you can watch a couple of, you know, like if I had to wait for this documentary, like when Tiger King came out, Tiger King is like, when you watch that movie, you know, that documentary, the first episode, you're like, Jesus. And then, you know, you're like, no way is this show going to get as crazy as the last episode. And then you watch the next episode, you're like, this guy's crazier than the last one. And then on and on and on. And it's just like, I like the fact that for that documentaries, you, you watch them back to back to back because you, that's how you keep the information fresh in your mind. And I, I think if they were weekly, that would drive me crazy. And Tiger King was the one where it's just like, what the? And you, you, you just didn't believe it. So you had to watch the next one. And then it was just like, what? And then you got to watch the next one after that. It's still crazy. Been out for how long now? And that documentary is still crazy. So some sad news from Cartoon Network. Well, it's not really from Cartoon Network. It's not even official. The Venture Brothers, which is an absolute gem of a show, according to author Ken Bloom, who did the art book, Go Team Venture, is saying on Twitter recently that season eight, which is current or is supposedly currently in production, will be the show's final season. No official word on the cancellation, but this is somewhat of a shock. I mean, yeah, as a fan, we're used to seeing long extended periods of time in between uh, seasons. But the fact that it just flat out got canceled and didn't tell anybody, that's that's kind of crappy. Yeah, I've never watched the show, but I can I could get how that, you know, that would do just... yourself a favor. This is a if you love Marvel or, or even DC, if you love comics, if you love, do you remember the tick? Um, the animated show? Yeah. Same guys that helped produce it. Jackson public. Uh, I don't think doc hammer was worked on the tick, but Jackson public was a big, uh, big part of the writing team on the tick. And even Ben Edlin who created the tick he also has done work for Venture Brothers. So if you like that type of story, do yourself a favor, watch Venture Brothers. All available on iTunes or even the Cartoon Network app. I, I really, really hope it's not the last season. Maybe somebody else will pick it up. Well, that would be interesting, but I think maybe not only because it's apparently it's a really big toll for Jackson Public and Doc Hammer the creators of the show. I think the longest they went in between seasons was four years, maybe wow. five. Wow. Yeah. And then, I mean, the story, I mean, if you think about it, the story is kind of winding down. They're in New York right now. Hank just got out of a coma. Spoilers. Sorry. You know, though, some, sometimes it's best to end a show before they don't know what to do with it. When the writers, if a writer knows when his story is told, like for instance, and this is not a an insult to the show, so I, I love the show. Supernatural was only intended to be five seasons, um, and after the fifth season, uh, Robert Kripke left the show and went on to do other things. And I think he does The Boys now, actually. But um, Supernatural went on for another ten years, and they decided as as a together the, the three of the main actors with the the you know production now was the time to to end it 
And I've seen shows where they don't hit their stride until like so many seasons in friends Seinfeld. It's the same way where you don't really get your best episodes until like your, until like season three or four. And then by like season seven, it's almost kind of like you need to, you need to bow out because you're, you, something changes in the writing and the characters just aren't the same. And that I, I find that in friends that show, um, later on just got like ridiculous um seinfeld even some of the later ones were the same way so there is a point when a writer they should know when they usually know when to uh when their story is told um and it's but it's also a tough thing you know when you work on something for so long uh you know it's like saying goodbye it's like how do you do that and so it's but it could be a good thing for the story itself and that it's got like a, a you know, um, a beginning, middle and end kind of thing. So for the, this year, it's Batman Day is on uh, September 19th. And that's all I have. <laughs> I just know it's <laughs> Batman Day. I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, it's weird because this year of all years, it's, it's odd. Everything's probably going to be more virtual uh, because of, you know, the, the COVID and I'll be honest, um, I never really followed this whole Batman Day thing. I don't really know why it even started. But uh, it's weird in a way how this is going to be more of a, in sort of, in a way, stay-at-home kind of thing. But uh, I, I think some things just might be that way, unfortunately. Uh, but we'll see. But yes, it's, uh, 919 will be Batman Day. Watch your favorite Batman movie that day. Zack Snyder, who is on a streak right now, he's coming out with an Army of the Dead that might possibly be based on his first movie, Dawn of the Dead. Now, apparently, Army of the Dead is going to be a classic heist show with zombies, and it will be out on Netflix. Okay, so it's that's an interesting show. Uh, you know, like in, in a heist movie with zombies um how is that going to work out or you know interesting it's kind of like uh, if you ever saw zombie land um that was a really great movie um a good take on the whole zombie concept because after a while it's just like all right it's a zombie crash the brains blah 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 but uh zombie land was a really great movie um so this is kind of interesting a heist movie with zombies it's i don't know what they're doing with it but they must have some idea and then another thing zombie-ish is news of the new Evil Dead movie, um, Evil Dead Rise. Uh, Sam Raimi is not directing. Um, he passed that on. And Bruce Campbell will not be playing Ash. I don't even think he's doing a cameo, but um, he's involved in, like I guess, producing. But it's going to be called Evil Dead Rise. And to set this apart from the regular series of where took place in a cabin in the woods um they're setting it in the city which is actually kind of interesting and like uh you know like these apartment towers and stuff like that so um you know evil dead kind of helped out the 80s genre of horror movies um so this is an interesting way to take it i kind of wish they would have continued on with him if not him his daughter like from the tv show but um that was a show that kind of got that ended you know too soon John Boyega is also trending this week. He believes that Finn was just pushed to the side 
on the new trilogy. Now, apparently Colin Trevorrow had a first draft of his script for the new trilogy, and Finn's story was actually much bigger. He was supposed to be the rebellion leader on the Death Star. He was going to gather up all the stormtroopers and create a rebellion on the Death Star mm. against the First Order. That's actually kind of an interesting idea. It's an excellent idea, especially for, for Finn's character. And, and to a point, I agree with him. Because, I mean, if you look at... I mean, first off, I blame The Last Jedi. Yeah. Right off the bat. Uh, yes. Just Ryan Johnson just screwed everything up. And it, you know what? It's not a bandwagon thing of, hey, you know, that movie ruined it. It, it, it did derail at that point. Because the first one came out so strong. It did. And he was a major part of that movie, Finn. For the first, you know, the... Um, Right. From The Last Jedi on, think about this. If you were to remove Finn from The Last Jedi on, it's still the same movie. Yeah. You know, you, you don't need Finn going yeah. to a casino. Rise of Skywalker, God bless him. It was just, it, in my opinion, it was just patchwork at that point. You know, trying to undo what Ryan Johnson did. Yeah. You know, every five minutes, Finn's like, hey, Ray, I got to talk to you. All right. About what? I'll tell you later. You know, so uh, apparently John Boyega is upset over it. And rightly so, up to a point. I mean, there's a lot of people online saying that, hey, you were in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Shut the, you know, shut up and just enjoy it. Yeah. Up to a point, yeah, I, I could get that. But also, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but maybe he feels unfulfilled, which is very disappointing. It's just interesting. If you were to forget the last two Star Wars sequels and leave it at uh, The Force Awakens when... Ray hand like holds the lightsaber to Luke, and that's it. Nothing else was made. That would be a pretty cool end. I could, yeah, I could live with that. I mean, it would bust you for like what happens, but that's what your imagination's for. And um, uh, you know, of course, they didn't do that. But I read recently, speaking of Star Wars, and I, I don't know why, so I, I didn't read the article, but um, Ray was it Daisy Ridley? Mm-hmm. She's uh, apparently not getting work now because of something related to Star Wars. Um, I heard she was going to be in a horror film. Okay, so like at her next, I don't, you know what? I don't honestly get this entire thing. We wanted more Star Wars movies, and I feel there's nowhere better for Star Wars to have landed up in than Disney. I really do. I really think they were they were the anybody's going to carry the torch of Star Wars is going to be them, and they did. They they gave us uh, the Mandalorian. They gave us uh, a whole Star Wars land, which I have still yet to see because of this stupid COVID, but that's besides the point. They gave us three movies. Granted, not a, you know, they're not all great, we know, but now I've read things saying that um, the last three movies are like people went from like wanting these movies to be made to wishing they never were, or they, they're saying they shouldn't be part of the canon they, they they shouldn't even count go ahead and remake remake make three more and it's like you just spent millions of dollars making these movies there's no way disney could walk away from that it would be a complete loss saying something like these movies are can are retconned because of like some kind of veil yeah something to do i really got to read more about it because sometimes i see some of this and i'm just like oh i'm so sick of hearing about people complain about it just don't watch it if you don't like it. That's we have the choice of freedom in this country. I don't want to watch something. I don't watch it unless my wife has a TV. Then I watch it. But you know, like if 
you don't like episode, you know, whatever, just don't watch it. That's all. Um, but, you know, maybe these movies might grow on you. I've been wanting to watch, um, I think I've been wanting to watch the prequels more and more now. The more I, uh, I really, it's ever since um, Dave Filoni had that little thing on um, the making of the Mandalorian. And it, it's made me want to watch the Clone Wars more and more. I, I see clip, little things on Instagram about it. And I'm like, I really got to watch that show. I, you know, I, and it's really just a matter of finding the time to sit down to watch all the, uh, how many seasons there are. You know, because there's a couple of them. So I got I got my my work cut out for me on that. And but to tell you what is a great show that you people, everybody, everybody listening, Tommy, this includes you, should be watching is Cobra Kai. This show is incredible. Um, I just finished season two today, right before we started recording. I really wanted to finish it before this. I saw it was on our outline. This show is great. It takes the whole concept of the Karate Kid, and it makes you look at it from a different angle so you, you see johnny he's he's kind of a douchebag in the movie we think right but then we see we hear you know there's a theory well really what if daniel was a bully like we discussed before this show takes uh johnny and and shows the difference in their lives uh, the, the, the course of where his life went where daniel's life went daniel's doing very well for himself johnny he's not doing too well he's still kind of i guess like living in the past but he goes and he turns himself around and there's so many great characters in this show. The kids in it who play um, the various children of some of the established characters, the new characters, not only do they act well, they their martial arts is, is excellent. The fight scenes, the choreograph is just incredible. There's an actual plot to it. There's references to the first film. There's references to the second one. Season three is supposed to have references to the third film. Um, and you don't even need to have seen any of these movies to really, because they, they explain everything, but it makes me want to go back and watch them now. Uh, it literally holds your attention. And there are some really great moments with, um, with just Johnny and Daniel and, or, you know, it, it's not, if I had to choose, I would say it's probably more a show about, uh, Johnny Lawrence, who was who part of Cobra Kai and say Dan, Daniel LaRusso, but it's really good. The first season, great ending. The second season, this ending, you're like, what the? It just left you with like this cliffhanger of what happens, and you're just like, holy. Um, yeah, if, if you're not watching it, really, really got to give it a try. Uh, season three will be next year on Netflix, and it's my only complaint is that it's it's next year. I, I can't wait for it. it was, it's that good. Well, while you're waiting for it, Sony just made a big push on unveiling all the merchandise that's coming out for Cobra Kai. They have sleepwear. Apparently, there's going to be a comic series from IDW. About Johnny, issue, right? A four-issue miniseries. And that's, you know what? I'm going to tell you one thing. Not giving anything away because I'm sure they'll do it in the comic. This show gives you his side of the story of the high school years. So it really opens your eyes to things. And uh, I, I honestly, this merchandise is going to wind up at Hot Topic. I guarantee it. You know, oh, yeah. kids will wear yeah, Cobra Kai t-shirts, and it's going to be like the cool thing. But what else are they coming out with? Funko Pops, as usual. Posters. And NECA is coming out with an action figure line. Nice. If, if, oh, I bet you they're going to have Hawk with his little spiky hair. It's, it's a great show. 
highly recommend it. That that's pretty cool that they're doing merchandise. And you know what is funny is because it started on YouTube and uh, they did something right. They didn't make it corny. They didn't try to make it like um, a goofy thing based on what it was. They kind of looked at it as if okay, where would these characters be so many years from now? And then went from there. And and that's very well you know well done. I, I the writing is really good for every episode. I. I uh, you know, and honestly, I can't say enough how good it is, because that's what I keep saying. But it's good. And then NECA has a couple of announcements they just released. So the Jaws figures, Chief Martin Brody, in you know real clothes, will no longer be in production, and all orders have been canceled. Sam Quint, however, is still in production for a January release. On the NECA store right now is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon diorama and accessory set. Diorama is huge. It's yeah. Channel 6 where April works, you know, all cartoony. So colors are bright. I mean, the thing is huge. It's about two feet wide, 18 inches. We saw it at Toy Fair. They, I mean, basically, it was their display at Toy Fair Okay, with all the cartoon characters. So if you're curious about it, you can log on to the NECAstore.com and purchase your own. And the accessory set pack that's coming out. It is. It comes with the, the TV, the head. sewer cover, four heads. So you have different expressions on your turtle figures that you still can't find at Walmart or Target. One of my favorite things about it is it comes with the baby turtles. Yes. So you don't have to buy them separately. It also comes with Michelangelo's spinning Nunchuck on his finger, yeah. On his finger. So those will also be available this week at the NECA store. Yeah, that's that's a really great looking... It actually is kind of cool. I remember back in the 80s, they would sell like accessory packs for like G.I. Joe figures. You know, it would be like extra weapons, backpacks, um, Star Wars did the same thing. So that's a smart move on NECA's point. Hasbro's coming out with the Doctor Doom on the classic 90s card based on Jack Kirby's drawing of dr doom himself i mean i've seen it. it it looks pretty cool if you're a minton card collector mm-hmm. but the hasbro legends dr doom that just came out i mean that that's a great figure in itself so i'm not really looking forward to it but it, it's cool that it's there if you missed out on it the character selma hayek's playing on the eternals was leaked online recently apparently there's some differences on the costume now it's okay uh, i i'm not really too excited about the Eternals. I hope Marvel proves me wrong, but it's just newsworthy. So if you're curious, you can see what she looks like online. Also, um, Batman has shut down production. Yep. Robert Pattinson has COVID. So we'll probably be looking at two to four week delay. You figure, you oh, figure, you know, like once, once it passes and everybody gets tested and the quarantine and, and so on. So yeah, I hope Robert gets better. I mean, yeah, I'm sure he will. And I'm sure everybody will. I, it seems uh, this is the second shutdown for this movie. First, the, the first one because of it, and now this. It's you know, it happens. You know, hopefully, uh, just from that trailer, the movie looks great. So hopefully, it'll you know everybody gets better and it, it goes back into uh, doesn't fall behind in scheduling. Super Seven's coming out with major wrestling podcast ultimate figures. Figures will be seven inches of Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. They're the Ultimates line, so they're going to come out with. Alternate heads, hands, and a whole bunch of accessories. A microphone, some money. They're really going all out with that. Stuff looks great. 
And then also from NECA, they will also be producing the boys' action figures. So far, it's of the seven. No news concerning the boy, the actual boys themselves. But Homelander and Starlight will be getting their own figures, seven inches. And then Funko Pop will be having probably you know the entire cast of the boys as Funko Pops. And the Good Smile Company, which we were talking about last episode... They're releasing vinyl figures as well of the boys. McFarlane also announced his Mandarin Spawn will be part of the gold label collection, which will be in a Walmart exclusive. There we go with those exclusives again. Yeah, Mandarin Spawn's okay. Uh, I'm really looking forward to his Kickstarter figure that we're supposed to get in November. You know, hey, I, I wish him well. I mean, Mandarin Spawn, I mean, that that's going to be a tough sell to the mom and pop crowd, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Especially if it's a Walmart exclusive. Right. I mean, it's basically a collector's figure. I mean, if you're a huge fan of McFarlane, you know, this is the line for you. But I just hope it doesn't backfire on. There is a Walmart near me, but I, I never go. And it's... I yeah, The Target's closer, so it's one of the reasons why. And I'm just... These exclusives are just such a pain. You know, like, trying to find the... If you were... If I went to go try to find the Turtles at, at Walmart... I wouldn't find them. Uh, it's almost one of the reasons why I don't go. Yeah, apparently Randy Falk at NECA uh, tweeted out recently that you're not going to see the turtle figures, the two packs, on the NECAstore.com because apparently they're still in production and they are just been shipping them to all the Target stores. So hopefully you can get them. NECA and, and Target just have been having such a rough time at so it. So either they're going to overflow the shelves but isn't NECA directly sending things aren't they doing that kind of thing they are but for some reason they announced they're not going to do those turtle figures okay what is it it, which one is it I don't think they'll I I really don't think they're going to be flooded with them I mean it's kind of hard to find right now I'm still waiting for them maybe during Christmas that's the worst especially if you're looking for it for a kid trying to find that Christmas present so our listenership has increased, and I just want to throw out a thank you to everybody that's joining us. Please leave us a comment or a rating or do both. And once again, thank you so much for listening. I hope yes. we're, you're enjoying it. I hope we bring something to the conversation. And, and if you don't mind, join the conversation. Email us at toyspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. Shared Universe Podcast Studios, thank you for all your assistance. And you can listen to us on all the major podcast platforms, Podbean, Apple, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please subscribe. Once again, give us a rating or do both. Follow us on social media at Toylines on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook, you can find us at Toylines or Toy Shelf Magazine. And in upcoming episodes, we're gonna have we have some pretty cool things planned, Tom, don't we? We have um uh, a few uh, interview with one of the great toy photographers. Yep, we have a couple of things down the line. Some stuff is coming, kids. Expect another episode of Rocketeer Radio. So do yourself a favor, stay inside, wear a mask, play with your toys. Take care. We'll see you next week. 
Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.